0: Welcome to Let's Parent on Purpose. This is a podcast for parents who are looking to thrive and not just survive these parenting years. My name's Jay Holland and I'll be bringing with me the successes and failures of the last 20 years of student ministry, parenting, and foster parenting as we trust Jesus to work out our mistakes along the way and produce helpful human beings that will be a blessing to society. Hey friends, in honor of this being Easter week, I wanted to do something different And uh, I'd been thinking about how could I share something that would tie in with Easter and hope and parenting. And so what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to read something that I wrote three years ago, right around this time on uh, Easter Sunday morning at 3 a.m. sitting next to my son in the hospital as he was in the first seven days of leukemia treatment. So here it goes. If someone were to ask me, why did God allow Elijah to get leukemia? I think the first thing I would have to say is because he wanted to show us how much he loves us. As we begin seven days into this new journey, I think about what day seven, the seventh day, Resurrection Sunday, really means. One week ago, Elijah had death running through his veins and we did not know it. The signs were there if you knew how to look for it, but we weren't looking. Lately, Elijah's been fatigued and a bit easier um, getting tired. His skin color was a bit more pale He had some fevers bouncing around at strange times, but in a busy house with four kids, the signs were so subtle we just had no idea what was going on. And then we get deadly, life saving pneumonia. One week ago, our little boy begins to spike a high fever, and his deep cough worsens. Monday morning, annoyed because our new insurance hasn't turned over into his pediatric physician's office, we begrudgingly take him to the ER for what we think will be antibiotics and some breathing treatments. I don't even go um, because Emily and Elijah are going, but then I come over and lend support when they decide to put an IV bag in him to give him some fluids. Sitting by his bed working on my schedule for the next few weeks, the kind doctor comes in and gives us the news that will alter the trajectory of the rest of our lives. He says, You have a very sick little boy, and I'm afraid his blood tests look like they might have leukemia. We're transferring him to St. Mary's Children's Hospital right away. The following hours feel like days. I ride in the back of ambulance with thoughts of panic and a growing mountain of texts that begin pouring in. I share them with my feeble boy, who's still taking in the wonder of his first ever ambulance ride. Elijah, Rod says he's praying for you. Pastor Matt tells me to tell you that he's praying for you and asking Jesus to heal you. Pastor Bob just told me that he's praying for you right now. There's a paramedic in the back seat, and he says that it seems like we're really involved with our church. He and his wife are intending to find a church, but they haven't really gotten around to it. I think i tell him something about how we trust Jesus for our hope and salvation, but I also tell him, you know, this isn't the only reason, but at some point in your life, there's going to be a day where you're really going to need a community to be there for you. And when that day comes, it's too late to find that community. Sitting in the back of that ambulance, I couldn't fathom how much the community of Jesus would be there for us in this first week. In the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit of St. Mary's, we get life-saving blood, platelets, fluid, and oxygen. Elijah's skin goes from yellow to pale, which is a major improvement. We're also told by the initial doctor that we must wait several days to get a specific diagnosis. Man, that first night was miserable. We trust God for eternity, but I know that that doesn't mean that things will always work out like we want. I take the first night's watch at the hospital. And I lay beside him weeping, crushed, not knowing how I'll be able to breathe if my boy dies. How long will we have to wait for good news? And will there be good news? The next morning, I'm taken off guard when the oncology doctor and his team show up and tell me they have a diagnosis. The initial doctor was wrong. The lab tests don't take several days. We definitively know that Elijah has acute lymphoblastic leukemia. My firstborn son has cancer. But it's the good leukemia with above a 90% cure rate. Treatment begins immediately. It'll last years, but they tell me they're very optimistic that our son will live. Life by death. This is the way of leukemia. Over the next days and weeks and months, they will introduce a mixture of chemicals to Elijah's body that will kill all of the leukemia cells in his body, but will also kill a good deal of other things. Nurses put on masks, gloves, and protective gowns just to hang bags of these chemicals, from the IV pole. It sounds horrible, because it is, but I'm already familiar with life by death. Yesterday, as we get set to push in the largest dose of a chemo drug that's possible side effects include severe allergic reaction or sudden death, I work on a Lego project with Rich Mullins' Hold Me Jesus playing on repeat on my phone. I echo the chorus as my prayer, Hold Me Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You've been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? I'm reminded that Elijah is receiving a large dose of death on the day between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, and the parallels are striking. The leukemia has been present for far longer than we were aware. In his blood, originating in his very bones, it's a sentence of death. As a matter of fact, several decades ago, some very dear friends of mine were given the very same diagnosis when there was no cure. They were given a projection of two years with their son, and he went to Jesus within seven days of that two-year mark. The family allowed his body to be autopsied for research, making their little boy a link in the reprieve of life that's now possible for my son Elijah. So we have a killer in his body, and the only hope from this death is to introduce death. It makes perfect sense to me because I am so very aware of the sickness in my soul. I know how the good things that I want to do, I don't do them. The very things I hate, I find myself doing those. There's a spiritual death in me, and the only freedom from this death is through death. As I sit watching my son, I'm reminded that God sacrificed his very own son to bring me from spiritual death into life. My sin has been redeemed by the death of Jesus Christ, and the proof comes when what we celebrate the next morning, Resurrection Sunday. The treatment is ready. Emily and I get down on our knees and pray in the name of Jesus and by the power of His blood for God to heal the blood of our boy. We pray for the chemo to kill the bad stuff and leave the good stuff alone. It seems like half the country is praying for this little boy. The treatment begins. We pass the time with some very open conversations with Elijah's nurse. He shows no negative signs from the chemo treatment. Emily and I rejoice and get a few hours away at dinner, thanks to her parents. While at dinner, we talk about what a strange week this has been. Not a horrible week, a strange week. We've received some of the most terrifying news of our life, but we were given a hopeful course of action with an amazing team in an unbelievable hospital. Our children are scattered and we haven't seen our front door since Monday, but we've never felt more loved in our lives. When I say that I think that leukemia has been God's way to show us that He loves us, I meant it. Words of encouragement, text letters, gifts. Acts of love have poured in like nothing I've ever seen. We've lost the emotional capacity to keep up. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and it will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It's as if God said, I need to show the world how I lavish love, and He picked our family as the example. I tell Emily that I wish every person in the world got to tangibly feel like we have been loved this week. I wish that they could understand that this is what the church is. The church is Jesus' plan to heal the world, and the church has been the hands and feet of Jesus to our family. I want everyone to get this experience. The love of God has been poured out in absurd ways this week. If you're reading this, or you're listening to this, and in some way you've been a part of this, thank you. We love you. We truly feel like we've been swept up in the arms of Jesus. There's no possible way for us to repay you. You've carried us along in our greatest hour of need. We know that that hour is not over. It may get worse before it gets better. There's going to be more sickness, more pain, more fear, and many more tears. We don't know the outcome of this leukemia battle, but we do know that it's Resurrection Sunday, and the ultimate battle has been won. We don't want our son to have cancer. But even more than that, we don't want people to be trapped in their own spiritual sickness. We've been condemned by our own sin, but salvation has been won and is offered as a gift. We walk in the valley of the shadow, but today of all days, it's high noon in the valley of the shadow. Today is the day of rejoicing. Friends, that's what I wrote Easter Sunday, April 2014. And uh, it's been a heck of a journey ever since, but uh, everything that I read there, I still believe even more deeply. God is so very good. Uh, My son is doing well. And and even if my son had gone to be with Jesus in heaven, God is so very good because my hope is not that things are going to work out in this earth, but my hope is in the one who's going to make all things new. I hope whatever you're going through, that this is a bit of encouragement to you. And as you uh, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, that you would remember that We might live in the valley of the shadow now, but there's one that's coming that's a source of light that's going to make all things new. Love him, worship him, and serve him. And uh, enjoy your kids as a gift from God. Happy Easter. This has been a very special Easter version of Let's Parent On Purpose, and I hope it's been a blessing to you. This is a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida, and if you are looking for somewhere to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, we would love to have you out 9.30 or 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Uh, This is Jay Holland for Let's Parent On Purpose. You can find uh, archives of our blogs and podcasts at letsparentonpurpose.com. You can subscribe to this through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, probably some other ways that I don't know. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. If it's been a blessing to you, please share it with a friend. And remember that this is a marathon, not a sprint. God loves you, and we'll talk to you soon.